Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, hey, folks! Uh, welcome to another fun night of uh, talking about movies and stuff. Um, I'm uh, I'm co-host Donnie Sturgis, and with me, as always, is uh, other co-host Jonathan Moody. Um, hey. And uh, and tonight we have. Uh, <laughs> We we have uh, our guest and new producer of the show, uh, Alfred Crane, on on the horn. Uh, Going to talk to us oh. about uh, yeah, um, and uh, we're going to talk about since we did the Marvel Cinematic Universe last week. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the DC Universe, um, which uh, I think some, some of us will admit we're not nearly as big on, but um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it anyway because you know even the things that we don't. Uh, like are you know worth talking about so um let's um let's start off with uh well let's start off with the beginning let's start off with the fact like you know the dc uh let's start with dc now versus dc like back then um let's let's stick with because i mean i know a lot of people are very um uh unhappy or uh unsatisfied with the way the dc universe in film is working and you know in uh in contrast to the way the Marvel Universe is working. Um, Because the Marvel Universe, you know, they basically started off, you know, with with an experiment to see if it would work, and and now they've turned into this big global, like, thing that's never been really tried before on this level, and, uh, you know, they're they're causing a lot of people to, to, um, to copycat them and try to make universes now, and DC, of course, is always, even even on the comic book side of things, DC has always been... Uh, the company that tries to replicate or tries to catch up to what Marvel's doing, and in the movie sense, we're we're kind of seeing the same kind of thing here. So, um, I guess first thing I want to talk about is uh, you know basically what DC's doing now versus what DC did then, um, and just kind of start from there. Um, uh, obviously, you know DC the, the the movies are still making some good bank, but they're clearly not getting the reception that the old movies did. Um, any, any insight or any, any theories as to why you think this is the case? Um, let's go with Alfred since you're the, this is our new producer. Uh, let's give you a hand at it first. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, I don't know. It's like they're trying too hard. I mean, when (laughs) Tim Burton's Batman came out, it it was a game changer. And then they kind of rode that into oblivion with, um, they just got atrocious. Sure, sure. Then they had a resurgence well, with the Christian Bale Batman by Christopher Nolan, 
And I really enjoyed those because they really got back to the Dark Knight. Absolutely. Or they got to the Dark Knight stuff that I found fascinating. Um, and Christian Bale really knocked it out of the park as Batman. Sure. And they had, like, two fantastic villains, which have both cosplayed both of them. The oh, Heath nice. Ledger's Joker and then, you know, Tom Hardy's Bane, who is probably one of my nice. favorite sure. um, villains. And these had really good, intricate stories, and um, they they seemed to be well thought out. And then with the latest go-round, I agree, it seems like they're catching up. Like, Wonder Woman, I really enjoyed it. It was, I really thought it was the best one to date of the new, the new DC Universe stuff, but it felt like. Captain America set in World War One, you know, and you role reverse sure. the characters between Gal Gadot and, and John Pine, or Chris Pine, right? And then Ben Affleck surprised me. I was he did a pretty good job as Batman, but the movie yeah. it kind of fell flat. My favorite part of that movie was the nightmare sequence with. The Mad Max Fury <laughs> Road type Batman, sure, Superman. and and, and the Parademons. Yeah. Yes, if they could I make act- a whole movie of that, I'm sold. But I actually but interviewed. I, um, oh. I actually interviewed a guy that was dressed like the Nightmare Batman. I didn't. Oh, nice. I had seen Batman versus Superman before it. It was at like Tidewater Comic Con, and I saw him, and I was not sure who he was supposed to be, but, uh, you know, he's the nightmare Batman. He actually looked, he did a really good job with the suit after I re-looked at it and looked at cool. the stuff. Cool. Like, they did a, you know, yeah, uh, very, very cool. Um, there's a lot of great cosplay out there, but unfortunately, I just don't, you know, you know. and uh, let me let Alfred finish what you know, he, was, he was saying about it. I just wanted to interject, inter- interject that part. Uh-huh. I'm glad you did because I got my picture as Bane with the. Uh, I was just as Bane for that Tidewater Comic Con with the Nightmare Batman, so that was pretty cool. Nice, but uh, yeah, no, it's just and I haven't seen Justice League yet, so I can't. You know, the jury still had some friends that it was good. Some said wait, so I just haven't really had a fire to go see it. But at least they're doing something more than um, Super Friends. True. So. <laughs> And then how far back we want to go, I don't know what the what our or what our timeline is going back in time. Is it to um uh I re, you know, Adam West Batman for what it was, it was pretty pretty cool too. So but with that yeah. I'll leave it I'll turn it back over. and Michael Keaton did a good job. And the one thing I right. love about Batman is my namesakes in it, Alfred. So I'll go nice. yeah. that's it from there. <laughs> So, Jonathan, what do you, what, what do you think uh, is is like the like any theories as to why you know the DC universe uh, you know the movies now aren't doing as well uh, with the with, with the public uh, as the as the older films did? Um, I I don't know the the exact reason. Obviously, I don't think anybody really does. Otherwise, they they probably sure. fix it. Um, I think <laughs> the thing is DC has been really trying, I mean, from the very beginning, like, if you think about it, DC was ahead of Marvel back in, like, the Absolutely. 90s and stuff. Like, they Absolutely. had they had everything on Marvel. Marvel only had Blade, you know, later in, like, 1998 or so or whatever. 
but before then, like, you know, uh, they had Superman. People keep forgetting about uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman, which was amazing, like, really cool well, stuff that, that they did back the then. Well, that goes back right. into the 70s. That goes back into the 70s. So, I mean, they, DC they, dominated they even for did a, 20 years. Right. And it was doing so well. I mean, there was there were 60s, if you want to count the, the Batman that Alfred was talking about, the, the uh, 1960s uh, Batman uh, TV show, even though it was corny and cheesy, it would had a, it had a hit following and people loved it. And then sure. later, you know, we got the darker, what more of the comic books Batman became. And then, you know, after that, it, it, it started to kind of, um, you know, pick up some steam and they did, um, you know, and then for a little bit, Marvel kind of caught up, I think, and kind of blew uh, DC out of the water, and DC didn't know really what to do because, you know, they gave like I want to I want to talk about this real quick. Like Superman four, the quest for peace, you know, was oh yeah, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know if Superman three was part of well, that, it or not, but that, they were part movie, of canon. Was, sure, that movie was plagued yeah, with, with production problems out the ass and to begin with. I mean, it was there, there was just disaster after disaster for Superman four. So I mean, that thing was just a mess. Right. So, you know, then all of a sudden they came back with Batman, so they were back on top. Then they went out and they uh, didn't do anything for, I mean, if you think about it, there was no big superhero, you know, Batman movies other than the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. There were right. no DC, like, uh, superheroes. They didn't do Green Lantern yet. They didn't do, you know, any of their heroes. They they had the Wonder Woman TV show back in the day, you know, things like that. But they didn't have anything going on for until uh, Christopher Nolan resurrected Batman by doing sure. Batman Begins. And um, and then he also resurrected uh, or wait, no, he didn't resurrect it, but um, uh, David Goyer resurrected Superman, you, you know, right, helping out right. with that when he did his, like, basically his Superman Begins, you know, <laughs> uh, thing, which is, I think is what it was originally going to be called. Um, if I'm right. correct, because I heard an interview with David Goyer talking about how he pit, he pitched it to right. uh, Christopher Nolan in the middle of Christopher Nolan uh, and him working on Batman Begins. He was like, I have a right. great idea for Superman while we're struggling with, with this, you know, right? And he was like, let me sure. call up WB and get it, you know, get it situated or whatever. I think it was WB Warner Brothers. Um, but anyway, they, you know, they didn't do anything so you know, then I think the thing with Hollywood is they go through waves, you know, probably because studio heads change, you know, so much. Sure. Like studios change themselves and they start hiring different writers. Um, David Goyer is still on board for a lot of these things, but man, I don't know if he wants his name on a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like he, right. <laughs> it's getting, getting so bashed. Um, but, you know, I don't think he cares. He's getting money no matter what he turns out, but, um, sure. you know, anyway, so, so these films, so the newer films, and I kind of want to talk about that real quick, like Wonder Woman, which I just watched like all the way through for the first time. And, you know, I enjoyed it very much, but it was, it was a superhero movie. Like it, it, it didn't give me anything like I, I didn't connect to Wonder Woman at all, you know, watching it it she didn't really she made me laugh and she made me whatever but i just didn't maybe i'm too 
maybe that's just I'm not the demographic. Maybe it's for women that, you know, it's, you know, four or something. I don't know, but I just did not. Yeah, I, it wasn't for me. Um, but, you know, uh, but then she was off. I mean, I enjoyed her in ba- ba- the, like, cameo that she did in Batman versus Superman, but it was so small that it didn't really, didn't die, you know? Like, then they gave her her own movie, and um, the Suicide Squad was just, eh, you know? And uh, I have not seen Justice League because I just, I, like we've talked about earlier in the beginning of the, the program that I don't, they were, it's just not our thing these days. Like we're just not excited about it as much as we are Marvel. And right. I, I, I don't know what I mean, it is really. I think it might be the I writing think, or something. I think, I think it's a combination of things. I think like for one thing, um, like I said, I've, there's there's articles that I've I've read. I think um, I can't remember where. Uh, I think IO9. I've seen a couple articles on there and stuff where they talk about um, the different aspects of like the because the, the whole Marvel DC um, competition thing has been around for for decades. You know they've they've been around for a long time. And the thing is 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 like I said, even on the comic book side of things, Marvel has always been the pioneer, where DC's always been the second fiddle. I mean, there has been it has changed. There, there were, there was a time I think in the '90s during uh, Marvel's bankruptcy that DC actually came out on top for a brief period of time. But it's always been Marvel's always been number one, and DC's always been number two. And part of the problem with that is Marvel. It's, it's almost like it's almost like DC is Marvel's younger brother. Like DC looks over and sees what Marvel's doing. And says, oh, I want to do that too. That's so cool. I want to do that. And that's even in the complex <laughs> side of things. Marvel would, ha- Marvel would have an idea. Marvel would be like, hey, we're going to do this with this character. We're going to do that. And DC would be like, oh, man, we should do that too because it's working for them. And so, and they, and they would go so far as they would sometimes, you know, they, they, they got Jack Kirby. And they, they, you know, when they got Jack Kirby from Marvel, they were like, do what you did for Marvel, but for us. And, and now there's, there's a history of that. And I think on the movie side of things, I think that's part of the problem is I think DC is still doing that whole younger brother shtick where they, they, they saw what, because, I mean, for the longest time, and, and going back to, like, you know, Superman, I mean, to sticking, sticking strictly to the, to the, to the movie stuff, um, Superman was a huge risk. Um, there was the first time they ever did a big-budget superhero film. You know, they threw a lot of money at it, threw Richard Donner at it. You know, it was, it was a big deal, and, and it was a huge success. And I think a lot of that was because at the time they were just banking on, you know, um, Mario Puzo as the writer – and everything, and, and it, it was a success, and they realized, oh, my God, this is working, and so, you know, and over time, you know, some stuff happened, but for the most part, um, even though there were some rises and falls to the Superman stuff, then you came, then they came out with Batman in 89, and then Batman, another huge hit, they, they, they took risks, they took, they got Tim Burton, they, you know, they, as, as writer and director, and they, and they, they, they took risks with Michael Keaton, the same thing with, with Chris Reeve, they picked a guy you never would have expected, they took bigger risks, and didn't think about because at the time, Marvel was doing made-for-TV shit, like the Captain America uh, TV movie that was awful. And, you know, they were still trying to bank on their TV Spider-Man. productions. I mean, they were, oh. Yeah, exactly. They were still doing, like, Bill Bixby's Incredible Hulk movies before he passed away and stuff. So they, their, their luck was not going very well. Uh, the, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie is a prime example. They were, they were in a bad place. DC was cleaning <laughs> up house. But then Schumacher came around and, and kind of screwed that up. And so... You know, DC had to change their model again. They're like, well, we need to, we need to kind of, um, and then of course, Catwoman, and then, we don't even talk about that one. But then DC regrouped because <laughs> they they didn't have anybody they had to worry about. They were they were they were like 
at the point where they didn't have to worry about copying off of Marvel because Marvel was doing so poorly. Like, we can do whatever we want. And then Marvel did this weird thing. They put out Iron Man, and they banked on it. They, they, they weren't even trying to go for a cinematic universe. They just kind of put little Easter eggs in there just to see what would happen, and it fucking worked. And then all of a sudden, they're a huge hit, and DC suddenly stopped. They're like, and this is the weird thing. They were in the middle of a renaissance with, with Batman, like you said, with Batman Begins, with, with, uh, you know, with, with that trilogy. They were in a renaissance. They, they were making some great movies. And then they stopped, looked over what Marvel was doing, oh, and oh, shit, we got to do what they're doing. It's just a <laughs> weird thing because they weren't even thinking about it. Before, before Marvel came out with Iron Man, they were like, yeah, we're back on top. We're doing everything. And then Marvel did Iron Man. And they're like, oh, shit, look what they're doing. We should do that. And, of course, by the, time, by the time anybody even realized that a Marvel Cinematic Universe was even happening, by the time Avengers came out, DC was so far behind on the curve that they're like, oh, shit, we need to. And this, and this is the way DC's always were, even the comic books. They'll fast track to try to get where Marvel is, and it never really works. Um, and I think that's part of the problem. And I think you're right. I think the writing is, I think part of the, another part of the problem is, is they're trying to have too much control over their people. Whereas Marvel lets their writers and directors have more freedom. As long as they do a few simple things that they ask, you know, and, but DC is really more about, and, and throwing, um, um, oh shit. Uh, Zack Snyder and everything is not your solution to every problem. I'll give you that one right. for free. Um, this is a man who has a very specific cinematic style and it doesn't, quite work for everything so i think i think a lot of those different elements together is why i think the current marvel or the current dc universe films aren't working as well although i i, I will disagree i enjoyed wonder woman i th- i think wonder woman is the shining beacon of light in the dc universe uh, uh cinematic universe films um i i loved it a lot i thought she i thought um I thought she was amazing as the character. I, I like the elements with Chris yeah. Pine. It, like, like you said, Alfred, it reminded me very much of Captain America, the first Avenger, which, again, is DC taking a look over at Marvel's playbook and saying, hey, let's just do what they did, but just make it different enough so nobody can sue us. Um, and I think that's – but you know what? It worked for them, um, you know, because that's usually how it works for DC. But I, I thought Wonder Woman was, was a beacon of light in, a, in an otherwise Okay, admired, maybe – yeah, that was another too. thing. Because I, I, hold on real quick. I just want to say, I did not not like the first Captain America. Like I did not. I oh, did not enjoy it. I don't go. think we talked about that. But I didn't enjoy it. I, I felt like I don't know. I just, I once again, I don't think I, I liked Captain America in it. I just didn't uh, like in the beginning. I did, and just after a while, it just didn't do anything for me. So maybe that was a uh, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's like where you know the the setting. And the fact that she's a freaking Amazon warrior who comes to, uh, was it, not, you know. Uh, you I know, don't, uh, I don't think you like old-timey, I don't think you like old-timey World War movies. I think that's what it is. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think it is. I think that might be it. That might be, that might be the problem. I don't know. But I, you know, and maybe the problem I also had with her was that she, to me, felt very one note. You know, everything really? was. You know, well, she, you know, she did at the end change a little bit, right? Like, you know, she, instead of murdering the person where she would have, she, she stopped, you know, and, and went sure. after Aries and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was badass. I thought that was awesome. It was great. But I just, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't, I, I, I just didn't connect with her on an emotional level. I felt she. Right. 
a gal is a wonderful actress. I was going to say she was a wonderful gal, but she is. Um, <laughs> and she just did not, she just didn't do it for me on that movie. And, and you know what, I feel like I'm the asshole because, like, every single person I know loves her and loves that movie and loves, you know, Wonder, you know what I mean? Like, there's Wonder Woman, everything sure, now. Sure. And, um, and, and, you know, Patty Jenkins did a wonderful job. It was very, <laughs> very cool. Um, problem I have with that is, like, everybody made it out like, oh, my God, it's the first woman superhero director kind of thing, you know, right? Which is a sure. awesome thing to have. But, like, I feel like we're in a society where we shouldn't even – this shouldn't even be a, a thing, you know? We shouldn't be – you know, even though we are, this shouldn't – you know, this chick right. should not be fighting – for the right to be a super, they should just be allowed if they're a good director. Like I want to see Mary Lambert do a fucking superhero movie. Like, sure. you know, people like that, like should go out there and, and do stuff, you know, but unfortunately, they right. don't, you know, it, it is a thing. And, you know, uh, she did a wonderful job and hopefully that that'll help, but she wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Do we, right. You know, none, nothing in Wonder Woman, I think. Maybe visual effects, but I don't even remember that. I don't remember seeing anything in Wonder Woman. I forgot it was a 2017 movie because, like, all the Oscar nominations, no Wonder Woman whatsoever. Like, that, that well, just to be, blew my mind. To be fair, superhero movies in general um, don't often get uh, Oscar nods unless it's for, like, visual effects or costuming or something. So it's it, 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 it's it's a it's it's hard because a lot because there are still many people, especially well the the Oscars and to get off topic for a second, the Oscars are an archaic institution anyway that needs to be revamped and all the old crusty white people need to get thrown out and have a more uh, more vibrant, more uh, a, a better dynamic of people that can vote on these things. But that's just me. But I mean, but right. even 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 without that, like the Oscars are they're they're. Um, you know their rules, regulations for what gets in and out are, are are so weird and everything. I mean, it's just it's and it really does need an update to their structure and to the way they do things. But um, but those the Oscars they they don't really they're they're like one of the few people in the world that still kind of look down on a superhero film. They, superhero films and horror films are like the two uh, like. But they got they got they got Get Out Get Out got an as uh, a comedy best picture. Well. Really? But that's the thing, though. That's see, that's the thing, though. That's there are exceptions. Don't get me wrong. There are exceptions, but but that's that's one of the few because and that's because it had a pedigree behind it. It was and it's really more of a thriller than a straight up horror film, anyway. Um, you you'll, right. you'll never see like you know you'll never see like a Friday the Thirteenth or you'll never see like like a straight up like horror flick like popcorn horror flick go up for an mm. Oscar. It's never going to happen. The, the ones that go for an Oscars mm-hmm. are the more highbrow ones because the reason why Get Out got nominated, the reason why Get Out is, is even a contender is because there's a social commentary behind it because it has a message. Because, you know, like, uh, also because, you know, uh, Peel's uh, star is, like, really hot right now. There are a lot of other factors involved. It's not because it's a horror movie. That is not why it's there. Um, for the most part, with the exception of a couple things here and there, there, I mean, don't get me wrong. Silence of the Lambs is also considered a horror movie that won an Oscar. So there are exceptions to the rule, but again, there are certain factors that make those contenders. 
a standard horror film is not going to get noticed. It's, and, and same thing with, mo- with most superhero films as well. They're not going to get noticed either because they're not looked upon as favorably as, as something that's, that's got pedigree behind it. Um, well, I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, um, speaking of DC, I'll throw this one out there, is um, okay. The Watchmen. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, yeah. I love that movie as well. And that one is kind yeah. of doesn't yeah. get as much press as the others, but when that came out, I didn't. I don't think I saw it in the theater. One of my friends said, "Oh, you need to watch it on DVD." And as soon as I put it in, from the whole opening sequence where Jeffrey Dean Morgan gets thrown out the window, and then through the, sure. the Bob Dylan song, it was just it just it had me at hello, and I just really enjoyed <laughs> that movie. And yeah, the guy playing um, Rorschach was just fantastic. Well, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and 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 I think here's the thing: um, the Watchmen is a blessing and a curse. Watchmen is a blessing because that is a movie that was perfectly suited for Zack Snyder's uh, visual yeah. style yeah. and directorial style. That movie was just beautiful. The problem is, is you know, the Warner Brothers looked at how how successful that movie was, and went, mm. that's the guy that's going to do that's the guy that's going to do the rest of our DC universe. And I was like, Oh no, that's a bad idea. Cause yeah. the guy only knows how to do, he knows how he only knows how to do one thing. He knows how to do it well, but he only knows how to do one thing. I mean, if you look at 300, <clears throat> if you look at sucker punch, this man only knows how to do one thing. He knows how to do dour. He knows how to do muted colors. He knows how to do, you know, like just grim and just and gritty. And right. that's not what you need to run an entire universe. You can have him do like, like a Batman film, but don't give him the reins to the entire DC universe, which, to be fair, they are course correcting. Because like with Jeff Loeb, you know, being uh, you know being put in the head of the DCU, um, he is trying to course correct. He is trying. In fact, Justice League. I haven't I haven't seen Justice League yet either. To be fair, but I have heard that it is a better film than Batman v Superman, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they tried for a lighter approach. They added more humor to it. Again. Another example of DC looking over at Marvel and going, "Oh yeah, we should probably be doing what they're doing over there. Let's uh, let's let's punch it up with whatever they got." Um, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, just that was. In fact, what's funny though is that um, you know, I've heard or I've read that even though Zack Snyder is considered to be the guy that you want to stay away from handling that universe, apparently his parts of Bat or of Justice League are actually the better parts over Joss Whedon's, which is surprising considering. Uh, again, I can't say either way. That's just articles that I've read have mentioned that it's actually uh, Joss Whedon. Everybody thought Joss Whedon was going to be the savior of Justice League. And from what I've read, it turns out not so much like it, the, the, the Zack Snyder actually had some good stuff um, with what he shot before he hmm. had to step away. But uh, I plan on seeing Justice League at some point. I just haven't gotten around to it. Cause like you said, the biggest part is is that DC is so mired in the muck with 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 their movies and 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 still you know they're they're struggling trying to trying to to figure out what to do that they don't build any excitement for their films. I I was excited when I when I actually and I I'll say this I did like Man of Steel. I will admit I liked Man of Steel, but I want I, I was too. hoping I really like uh... exactly yeah, but I. I I wanted I liked Man of Steel as a standalone film like Batman Begins. I think Man of Steel should have stayed as a standalone film because I liked Zack Snyder's approach to Man of Steel. I liked the fact that instead of making it a superhero movie, he tried to make it an alien invasion film about a guy, you know, about a man from another planet who's trying to figure himself out. He didn't try to make it a straight up and I was like, That's a neat that's a neat direction. Kind of like how 
um, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy was basically the movie Heat, but with Batman in it. It's 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 Batman because right. like Tim because Tim Burton's Batman is the stylized comic booky Batman, the darker you know the Dark Knight stuff. But Christopher Nolan's Batman was like, let's take a crime drama, a real life grounded crime drama, and throw Batman into it. Let's throw Batman into a situation where it's like real life, not like a comic book. And I think it works on that level. Um, you would never mm-hmm. want to put Christopher Nolan's Batman into a DC universe. And I thought the same thing about Man of Steel. Man of Steel was a great isolated film where, hey, let's take a look and examine Superman from a different lens. Let's look at him from a different perspective. It was great. And then when they're like, we're going to hinge an entire universe on that movie, I was like, oh, that was a huge mistake. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're stuck. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say that because at that point – because the thing about that Man of Steel is that is not the that, that is not the Man of Steel that you want to be in a in a DC Universe movie because at the end of the day when people want you know a, a consolidated DC Universe they want the Superman that they grew up with they want the the the, the Christopher Reeve Superman the one with Man of Hope and and Man of Steel really turned him he wasn't I mean he he kind of had that 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 message but it wasn't as strong because it was really more about him trying to figure himself out and so. You know, and it was it was a, it was kind of a, a little bit of a darker Superman, a little more muted, and so to build an entire universe around that was a win. And like I said, I with Jeff Loeb on board, they I've heard they've they've course corrected. Like the, I guess one of the highlights of Justice League is apparently Superman is a lot more like he's supposed to be. Like when he comes back, spoiler right. alert, when he comes back, he's actually the beacon of hope. He's actually the 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 more Christopher Reeve like version of Superman. So. Um, but yeah, I think that was like their big mistake. They should have they should have rebooted after Man of Steel and just started from scratch. But again, they were trying to fast track because they were trying to catch up to Marvel. Have y'all seen the documentary on Nicolas Cage's Superman? Yes, yes, that was pretty fascinating. Yes. It is very fascinating, uh, and it actually it actually changed my mind. I went from never wanting to see a Nicolas Cage Superman movie to going, oh my god, I think I actually want to see this. Right. Yeah. Um, I have not, but I remember. I remember back in the day. Um, you guys. I mean, both are Kevin Smith fans. Um, I believe. Yes. So you know, Absolutely. kind of the story of of Kevin and how Kevin was attached to Superman Lives. And yep. you know, and I actually read. I read Superman Lives the the script that he has. Sure. It was on like Drew Scriptorama, so I read that and. uh Honestly, it was okay. I mean, it was it was definitely not a Kevin Smith. You know, it had it had Kevin Smith stuff in it. Obviously, there's sure, there's sure. a part where uh, you know Clark Kent takes his glasses off and and says the whole thing. And um, there was uh you know there was like a line in, in like a mall rats thing where where they did something like that. And I don't know if it was a deleted scene or or something you know or whatever. But like they had made fun of like the you know taking off the glasses because you know right, right, saying right. yeah i think it was a deleted scene and it was hilarious and um whatever anyway um it was it was good and then you hear that like tim burton got attached and that that would have been i don't think i would have liked a tim burton superman honestly like I, tim burton batman perfect tim burton superman because he's superman wasn't and what became dark, you, you know, for Man of Steel, but sure. I don't think he would have been, I don't you, think you like would, Tim Burton would have done a great job. Yeah. You wouldn't think so? And, and and trust me, I was in the same boat as you. I was in the same boat as you. I was like, no Tim Burton Superman would be right. 
no Christopher Nicholas Cage, you know. But you need to see this doc. I think it's called Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. I'll, Ooh, is I'll, it on Netflix? I'll post. It's not on Netflix. Um, it used to be on Amazon the death Prime. Of Superman. I think it's the That's death what it of is. Superman Lives. That's it. The Death of Superman Lives. Thank you. Thank you. It's The Death of Superman Lives. It's not on Netflix. It used to be on Amazon Prime, but I don't know if it's on Prime anymore. Uh, but I think you can rent it on Amazon because I think – I watched it when, when it was available uh, just for free on Amazon Prime. But if you ever get a chance, uh, Jonathan, you really need to watch this documentary because it really changed watch my it mind. I tonight if I can find it. If you can find I it, yeah. It's, to... I'll, it's, it's really good because it opened my eyes. Like I, Yeah, I'm like you. I was like, no, Tim Burton, what? Nicholas Cage, no. But after after listening to the stories and everything, and just and, and and seeing some of the images and stuff, I was like, "Holy shit, this might have actually worked in a weird way." It's so strange. Like, it's, I almost kind of want to see it now, but it's, you know, it'll never happen. But uh, I highly recommend. Uh, yeah, the death of Superman lives. I highly recommend checking it out if you get a chance. Um, it's a really good doc. Has a great uh, uh, group of interviews, and in they interview everybody. They interview Kevin. They interview um, the. Oh, the director, the the guy that was um, was it John Peters, uh, the guy who oh, replaced Kevin producer. Smith. Yeah, the producer. They. Oh my God, the interview with John Peters is crazy. Everything that Kevin Smith has said about John Peters is almost confirmed in the interview because John Peters is a nut. He's a, he's a he's just an insane crazy man. <laughs> like the, some of the shit he says is just off the hook. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is just real. So. Yeah, when, if you get a chance, you need to see this documentary. It's amazing. I like it, it changed my mind on on a, on a Tim Burton or Nicolas Cage Superman. I was like, holy shit! I, I think I could actually see this happening, and I was on board. It was weird, but um, but your you know your your results may vary. I mean, like I said, you like you said, you weren't a big fan of Captain America, so you might watch it and go, no, I I, I hate it worse than ever now. So who knows? All right. <laughs> we never know. But I mean, Richard Donner's treatment of Superman was. Was really cool. I really, when I saw that as a kid in Germany, and when they had the big mirror coming over, and it was just really well cast and well done. And the Fortress of Solitude was cool, and Gene Hackman was great as Lex Luthor, and it just had a lot of oh, yeah. for it. And then when if Superman you... Two came out, I liked it. And um, but have you ever seen? I don't know if it's called the Rogue Cut of Superman Two, where. Richard oh, yeah, Donner the, did his the thing, and they re-edited it. Yeah, and it's I like, love the Donner cut. Yeah. I, so I, I don't want I love to the, spoil it, but again, I was just kind of like, are we doing that again? But still, well, the Donner cut was very interesting. Well, the, the, the reason why they reused the ending from the first film in the Donner cut was originally the ending, that ending, because originally the movies were supposed to come out back-to-back. The, the first movie was kind of supposed to like end not really in a cliffhanger, but it was supposed to have a different solution. And then the turning, turning the time backwards was actually not supposed to happen until the end of the second film. But when Donner got, yeah. When, when Donner got fired from Superman two, they reworked it, put the, put that ending at the beginning of the first film and then, and then did a different ending for the second film. But that the, the spinning, the spinning the world around backwards was never supposed to happen twice. It was only, it was technically only supposed to happen in the second film. But after the shakeup, after they fired Donner and 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 uh, and stuff, they um and brought in uh, was it Richard? No, was it Lester? I can't remember. I always I always get the director for Superman two and the director for Return of the Jedi mixed up for some reason. Because uh, no, no, it Mark is Richard Mark Lester. Jedi. Yeah, because it's Richard Marcand for uh, for Jedi, and I think Richard Lester for Superman two. I think. 
Um, but yeah, the um, I love the Donner cut. With, with, yeah, with, like you said, with the exception of the of reusing the ending for the first movie. Um, also, if you get a chance, um, there's a brand new Blu-ray out now. I think it's only like 15 bucks on Amazon, where it's the full three-hour cut of the original Superman movie that aired on ABC for two nights back in the 70s. Whoa. Um, you know what? It was, been, I was going to bring that up, and they had like Snowtrooper dudes looking in it. I'm I'm gotta get that because I, I sometimes I feel like was I high because I know they had these special editions of TV for Star Trek sure. two and yep. Superman they had all these cuts but I have not seen them that's amazing thank you for sharing that oh no problem um like I said it's on Amazon I actually I bought a copy a couple months ago it's I think like fifteen bucks but um yeah because like one time I think it was like in nineteen seventy eight nineteen seventy nine ABC did they used to do like their their Sunday night and Monday night movie of the week. And so one, I think it was like 78 or 79, they decided to do a two-night special event where they showed the first half of Superman, the movie, on Sunday night, and the second half on Monday night. And it's a three, it, it, when put together, it's a three-hour cut. It's like three hours and seven minutes. And it is, it's, th- most of the stuff is just extended scenes and like just a little bit, little bits and pieces here and there that really don't matter. But there's, there's a couple of fundamental changes one, there's a whole new backstory about the Native Americans that Lois Lane interviews in the desert. Um, and there's cool. also um, – there, there's more to the story now. Like they, they talk about how, like, how the government is like, taking away their water, and that's why they want to sell the land to, the, to, the, to, to, the, to Lex Luthor. You know? But then there's another story about the missiles. Um, the, the other big change is that the missile um, – in the, in the original theatrical cut or even in the, the, the extended cut, um, they they only they only um, you only see them change the codes on one missile. They tr- they they go to change the codes on the missile the first time, and Otis screws it up, and then they intercept the missile again and then fix it. In the in this three hour cut, you find out that it's actually two missiles the whole time, because at the end of the movie he's like I've got two missiles going one towards you know Hackensack and the other, but you never see them with two missiles. It always it always seems like they're going after the second the first missile a second time in the actual theatrical cut, but in the three hour edition, it's actually two separate missiles. The first time they fuck up the first missile and they're like, well, we can't go get that one anymore. That one's done. And then so they go in and they're like, well, there's another. They're going to be launching another missile the same day, so they intercept the second missile and that's the one that gets sent to California. So technically. Otis is the reason why Miss Tessmarker's mom almost died because he the, the coordinates he put in there were the ones that sent it to Hackensack. Um, uh. And then of course there's the there's the extra bit that was that I remember as a kid, where um, Lex Luthor lowers Miss Tessmacher into his pit of tigers uh, at the very end, and he's like she's like why are you doing this? He said like, because I love you. And then he goes lower in, and Superman rescues him, and then you know takes him to jail. But um, mm-hmm. it's really it's 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 really impressive. I don't. I don't find it long or, or dragging just because I love Superman so much. Um, some people might consider a three-hour cut really long. Because like I said, most of the stuff is just extraneous, uh, you know, extended scenes and stuff. But I highly recommend seeking it out if you get a chance because I think it's worth a watch anyway. Um, and the extended and I, Kryptonian sequences, I remember those as a kid. Yes, yes, there are extended Kryptonian sequences as well. You are correct, sir. And and extended scenes uh, when uh, Clark is growing up on the farm as well. There's an extended uh, scene where the, the scene where um, the kids are making fun of him and then he ends up uh, running to his house ahead of them. There's an extended version of that scene as well. 
Um, and a couple other like odds and ends here, which are really cool. But I highly recommend checking it out if you get a chance. Like I said, I think it's like fifteen bucks on Amazon, and you get you get the three hour cut, and then you get the regular extended cut, which adds a few extra scenes that weren't in the theatrical release as well. So um, anyway, I've read a lot about, about that too much. For um, Superman Returns, was actually it was okay, but I really liked O'Brien Singer made it like the old Richard Donner Superman. I was really floored by that. And, the, and that Richard Donner Superman thing is one of the all-time greatest superheroes. Oh, sure. I, <laughs> yeah. There's one, there's one element about – well, there's two elements about Superman Returns that really ruined that movie. Because I, I, I love Brian Singer's X-Men, and I was really hoping Superman would be better. I, I loved everything about Superman yeah. except for two things. One, the introduction of the child was a mistake. And two, making Superman a creeper. Where he's basically spying yeah. on, like, like, like that, that was that went against his character. Those are the two main issues I have with Superman Returns. Everything else yeah. I loved. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate because those two things really kind of messed the movie up for me. I haven't watched it since it came since I had the DVD. I got the DVD like when it first came out, and I haven't watched it since. So, um, yeah. hey guys, uh, we're, we're going to be wrapping this up in like five minutes. Um, okay, so. Okay. Before we do that, I wanted to make mention to people that uh, have been like me and been blown, you know, that there's a Death of Superman Lives uh, documentary. I did not know about that. So thank you guys for telling me. But um, I looked up online and Amazon.com doesn't have it anymore, not even a rent. Uh, It it said something about Showtime. So I don't know if you have to have a Showtime subscription or something uh, or Showtime bought it, but... Um, if here's here's uh, the shining light to all that. There's a mm. uh, it's called t d o s l w h dot com. That is the uh, the death of Superman lives. What happened? dot uh, com. Nice. So it's you know those letters. Uh, they have a death of Superman lives. What happened? The movie. Uh, regular thing. So they have um, just a, you can buy it for fifteen dollars and you can rent it. And this is all digital. So these are not nice. DVDs, not Blu-rays or whatever. But sure. you can buy it, uh, buy it or rent it, or you can get the Death of Superman Lives: What Happened mid-pack uh, for twenty dollars, which includes all the bonus content, including uh, oh, the film, the featurette, uh, director's commentary, Kevin Smith Lives or story, uh, Superman Lives story, two thousand fourteen. So I have no idea what that is, right. if it's a script or if it's uh, just the like more of a of a thing. Blah, 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 some more other stuff. Then there's the Super Pack, which is for twenty or thirty dollars. Gets a bunch more stuff, including plus extended interviews with John Peters, Colleen Atwood, blah blah blah. <laughs> oh um, my God. So, um, more insanity. Yeah, but more insanity. Um, and then there's the special features bundle, the featurette, and a Kevin Smith flavor pack. Uh, the flavor pack nice. does not seem like it's actual anything to do with the movie. Like it's. Uh, what it says is this extra bundle for the Ultimate Kevin Smith Superfan, over three hours of exclusive, never-before-seen Kevin footage. The Kevin Smith flavor pack includes the featurette, the uh, birth of the death of Superman lives, Kevin Smith's Superman lives story, 2014, some other stuff. So I sure. don't know if that actually includes the movie itself, too, or if you have to buy that separately. Um, so don't, uh, because it's Six dollars to rent and uh, and buy uh, seven dollars to buy. So I'm thinking that's just the bonus content. If you want to buy that sep- or rent that separately or buy Sweet. it separately, I am interested in, in probably buying it for like seven bucks and 
and give yeah, it a, sure. a try. It and then if I like it, I'll probably end up buying both the actual movie and then the um, or the, the you know with the bonus content, or I'll just do the Kevin Smith super super thing. I am not going to do that super pack with more bonus features. I'm thirty dollars. I, I I don't care. John Peters uh, might be sure, crazy sure. and might be amazing to hear some great stuff, but you know. Uh, Whatever <laughs> you know, I'll wait for like a DVD or something. They ever he's release insane, that, but, but he's highly he, he's insanely oh, highly entertaining. Insane, like he is. Like you're frightened. You're, you, it's it's like a it's like it's like seeing a shark in a in an aquarium and being in the water. Like you are scared shitless to be in a room with this man, but seeing him from afar is highly entertaining. Like that's John Peters in a nutshell. Okay, well, um, so it doesn't <laughs> cut us off and everything. I'm gonna have, we're gonna have to say goodbye. But thank right. you so much, Alfred, for coming on and now being yeah, our new producer. You, so uh, if I get, if we could do a round of applause, that'd be great. But unfortunately, there's no applause button on uh, uh, on the no. thing. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a golf clap. But thank you. golf clap. There you go. Um, so thank you so much, Alfred, and uh, thank you, Donnie, for running the show. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, no, no problem. And yeah. thank you all for listening. Um, ch- thank you, everybody. Uh, check us out on Hollywood Boulevard podcast on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on H L L Y W O O D B L V D pod is the Twitter. Everything else is Hollywood Boulevard podcast because Twitter is obnoxious. All right. Well, thank yeah. you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoy the show and uh, tune in next week when we talk about Disney. So thank you guys Disney. and have a good night. All right. All right. Bye. Good night, everybody. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.